Welcome to Game of Books with Kathy in South Dakota. That's me. And Christy in South Florida. That's me. We're two newbie writers sharing our take on wine, food, and mystery books. And the authors who write them. Join us for the fun. Welcome everyone to episode 7 of our killer season 2. Time seems to be flying by no matter mm. how much you want it to slow down. I know. I, that's why I am so glad, Kathy, that we're taking this time to sit back with a glass of wine and talk about one of our favorite books and authors. I know. I feel like we say that all the time, but <laughs> I did really love The Last Widow by Karen Slaughter. I know. Her books, like, they're really, really fast-paced, and they're so tightly wo- woven, you know, that I, I end up binging them every time. I just can't stop. And this book was no exception. You know, I think we mentioned um, this when we were talking with Lisa Unger a couple episodes ago. But we had the pleasure of seeing Karen Slaughter at Thriller Fest interviewing uh, Lisa Unger. And she's so funny. She's so funny in person. She's a really dry, great wit. Um, But if you have a a second, check out her social media. It's pretty great. Her... um, yeah, I, I follow on her Instagram, and when she she's kind of started this thing where when she gets a you know, like a number one book in a particular country, she does a little dance, like a little celebratory dance. And it's pretty great. <laughs> well, maybe one day it's we could get her at. on Corks and Conversation. That would be really cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> I would love to talk with. We're her. always dreaming, really you know. <laughs> yep, that's right. Okay, but for now, what do you say we twist open this bottle? Okay. <laughs> Of our wine. So today, you going to do that? Yeah, I'm already, I'm a a step ahead of you. I'm about to take a sip. You can tell me about the wine, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, I will tell you about the wine, but I also do want to say we have kind of a surprise about the food. So that will be coming up also. So just hold on. Can't wait for that. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. Okay, but for the wine, we are enjoying today Jam Jar, which is just a really cool label. And mm-hmm. it is a sweet Shiraz, or Syrah. It is. It is sweet. I just took a sip, and it is sweet, yeah. It is. And so um, let me just explain. I chose um, for our book club uh, meeting to have pecan pie, kind of a southern dessert uh, bar and featuring pecan pie. And I'll tell you why, because right away in Karen's book, um, that is what's being served in just one of the opening scenes. And they're having... Mm-hmm. Their um, southern meal is, listen to this, it's crazy, cornbread, biscuits, field mm. peas, black-eyed peas, sweet potato souffle, chocolate cake, pecan pie, and ice cream thick enough to break a spoon. Oh, yeah. So I thought, well, clearly we're having a, a dessert bar here. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I thought pecan pie would be perfect, right, with the holidays coming up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started doing some searching on what wine you can pair with pecan pie. And I found, it was interesting, I found an article from tastingtable.com, and they suggest with pecan pie that you actually go sweeter. Because I was thinking pecan pie is really, really sweet. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to think of what, but they suggest, they actually suggested the jam jar, sweet Syrah, um, because a sweeter red works well with a rich, nutty pecan pie. So Interesting. Let's take a taste. Yes. Take well, I taste. do. I, I, I've I, already had a little taste. I'm sorry okay. to say. I, you know what? what it's, it is sweet. It's very, it's jam jar makes sense because it's so fruity. 
I mean, it's really it's very fruity. fruity. Yeah, and so the tasting notes say it's a fun style, more more fun than your typical Syrah. Um, this fresh, fruity, sweet, semi-sweet wine displays mm-hmm. aromas and flavors of ripe, juicy berries with dark chocolate undertones. Mm. What do you think? Can you? I'm, uh, I definitely yes. get the berry. Yeah, I definitely get the berries, and I do. You know what? Because. Um, I'm not normally like a sweet wine, but this isn't, this is sweet, but it's not, it's still got the little bit of a red wine. So maybe that's the dark chocolate coming through or something, you know? Yeah, it definitely isn't, wouldn't be like my go-to. I mean, this is, it's very sweet. Right. But it's what we got today, man. So I'm drinking it. Yeah, but it's not, (laughs) I don't don't dislike it. I mean, but it's not, you know, it's really mild. Like when you first drink it, right? It's not that big, bold flavor that we often will go for. It reminds me of like an, uh, like a after dinner wine, which I guess like a port or something, you know, it's kind of sweet. But anyway, Mm -hmm. we can deal with it. I yes yes so now for the surprise this is kind of great okay but we're gonna be talking with ready talking mm-hmm. with Chris and Wesley from How to Feed a Loon um, they have this this two guys they've um, been together for a long time cooking together for a long time and they now have this great cooking website and a YouTube page and they have all kinds of recipes and videos to go along with them I mean they do everything from they do all kinds of cuisine. Oh, great. But they do a great pecan pie. And so I thought maybe they'll talk to us about it. And so they are going to talk to us. So great. are you ready? Let's give them a call. Yeah. Okay. Hello? Hello? Chris? Hello? Wesley? Yeah. Yeah, this is Christy. Yeah. And Kathy. Hi, Christy and Kathy. <laughs> Thanks so much for talking with us today. Of course. Well, thanks for uh, wanting to talk to us. We're, we're so happy that, uh, that you reached out to us. Well, we're big fans of your site and your videos, and um, we're just really excited to be talking to you today about your pecan pie recipe. That's awesome. Well, we're, we're big fans of you guys, too. And um, like I said, when you know when you first reached out to us, and we, we really enjoyed your your podcast so much and think it's like really innovative. And, it, and like you said, it's kind of you guys have the same style that we do is that you like to share some fun information that people like to hear, but also you have fun while you're doing it too. <laughs> and that's, that's what we love. Yeah, absolutely. We love to do this every week and, um, and we love your recipes. And I have a question just to start out because I think I say pecan weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you say pecan weird at all. I think you just embrace the way you say it. This is, I, this is Wesley. I grew up in the Midwest in uh, a small town in South Dakota, and I always said pecan. Oh, really? Oh, good. Yeah. Wesley grew up about two hours from me. Wesley, I'm in Brookings, and I say pecan also. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. See, but you just said pecan, and I say pecan. So, yes. <laughs> see what I'm saying? That, that I I looked at a yeah. YouTube video today about it, and there's three different ways. And I guess 
every everybody interchanges it too. So I just thought it was funny. I was like, oh my gosh, are we going to be able to communicate? I don't know. We're <laughs> <laughs> that's. I think I think we can make it through. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always called it. I mean, I grew up in obviously in Texas, and we called it pecan. But then when we lived up in New York for thirty years, I, up there they call it pe- pe- pecan. Pecan. Yeah, they're ridiculous. <laughs> New Yorkers. Are ridiculous. Yeah, that we can't accept that. That's the one we just can't accept. <laughs> okay, all right. So you guys, what I what I love is that your premise. I stocked your website pretty deep, and I love that your premise is that you do really delicious food, and you want to have a ton of fun doing it. And I just want to know how you started taking this out of your kitchen or at least recording it, all of this. Like, how'd you guys get started? Well, uh, I mean, that is, well, that's, I think, sort of our our premise in life. If you're going to do something, you know, why not have a good time doing it? <laughs> do it out of crowd. Make it, just make it fun, whatever possible. So, what I, I mean, I'll just jump in here because I, I started the food blog um, six about six years ago. No, I think it's almost exactly six years ago. And, um, you know, I was, I've grown up in a family that likes to cook and loves eating, you know, being from Texas, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, there's steak and beef and brisket and all that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so brisket, brisket yeah. and, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. It's not so good for you, but it's good. <laughs> um, anyway, so <laughs> I just, eating was always something that we that I enjoyed to do and I and I started cooking and both my cooks both my parents were and still are good cooks so I started cooking when I was in college and then just continued to to do it I was never afraid to go in there and kitchen and cook something and um Wesley obviously loved to eat my food (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean obviously hence the name of the the uh, blog but We've, we've been together for 30 years, so I've cooked a lot of meals for him, and um, he's cooked one or two for me. <laughs> but, but, but so Chris uh, actually, he made this uh, salad. It was a grilled uh, grilled shrimp and black bean salad one day, and decided oh. to just take a picture of it. And he took a picture, and all of a sudden, all these people on Facebook were like, why don't you start a food blog? And well, it, like, it, was well one, it was one of those things. It was just like, you know, on Facebook, sometimes you get, like, that immediate gratification, you know, where, like, everyone was like, oh, my God, that looks amazing. You know, I want the recipe. So then I posted another something else a little later, like, the next week, and got the same reaction. So it got me thinking, well, maybe I'll start a food blog just for the fun of it. And um, so he started, uh, you know, coming up with recipes, and then I started to learn how to take uh, pictures to to get better photography. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, I mean, it literally, it really did just start out as a, just kind of a, a, hobby. As a hobby for yeah. myself. And, and, uh, and I think another thing that, I don't know, seemed to get people's attention was coming, the name was kind of unusual. And then when they mm-hmm. found out what it meant, they, they got the humor mm-hmm. and, you know, People love. We've learned people love good food and they love some some humor, and um, so so that was the long way of telling. You <laughs> well, it sounds <laughs> it sounds right up our alley because we do love food and we do love humor. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people are that way. I mean, we you know we get some people say, okay, get to the point, you know, and, and we we've kind of refined our style a little bit over the years because there. 
you know, oh, yeah. a lot of people, I mean, they do. I mean, they find us because they're looking for a recipe for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they enjoy our sort of our banter and us just being ourselves. But a lot of times you're like, I love you guys, but can you get to the point a little quicker? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we tried to find the right medium. So you have those special YouTube uh, subscribers that, that like to comment things. Start at minute. 25 to get to the rest. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Kathy and I get a little long-winded, we just tell our sound editor to cut some of it out. <laughs> That's perfect. We, we, we've done that, too. And I'm the sound editor. <laughs> so, it, so basically, it just evolved into something that became we more than a hobby, and now it's a full-time business for us and uh, is, you know, it's – it's thriving, but you never know. One day, can you know? I don't know. We, we right. feel like we're, yeah. we're we knock on wood every day. Yeah. You know, we have to stay uh, current, stay uh, relevant, right. yeah. current, yeah. And, yeah. and for sure. current on things like you know technical things like search engine optimization and editing and uh, social media and all of that stuff. To sort of because there's a lot of other people out there doing similar things to what we're doing, but right. no one's quite like Chris. That's right. Right. Nobody's <laughs> like you guys. Exactly. You're right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your pecan pie recipe? Because we're going to use it for our book club idea. Yeah, awesome. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. That, that I can tell, well, it's Wesley's favorite pie in the whole wide world. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it too, but he'll like, well, I, I will search it out. One of the things that I really try to convey to our readers is that, you know, Something like a pecan pie is not difficult to make. You, you know, you can, you really, it's a few simple ingredients and, um, you know, going with quality is always best. And there's a, a few tricks. I, I like, there's a, there's an ingredient um, called Lyle syrup um, that I, I discovered a while back. I can't even remember how I, if someone told me about it or, and it's a, it's a British ingredient, but it's, it's very easy to find here in the States. I, oh. I found it up in New York and New Jersey and it's here in Texas. It's in the, uh, in most supermarkets near like the syrups and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. in, in that, and it's so, called Lyle's golden syrup. Yeah. And it's cane mm. sugar syrup. And mm. it's, it's just, it has this kind of this amber taste that I just think is so great in, mm. um, so I started using it, and I use a combination of dark corn syrup as well as light, and then um, some of this Lyles. Now, obviously, if you can't get the Lyles, I mean, it's it's very similar to to, to uh, corn syrup. So if you can't find the Lyles, you can just increase the quantity of the of your corn syrups, and it's still going to be delicious. Um, but I think little tricks of like you know toasting your pecans, it just really brings out, it just deepens the flavor, mm-hmm. um, and that's a trick that that a lot of people do. But I mean, I, I find that it really does make a difference. You know, and I your weight and your homemade crust. The homemade crust. I, I mean, that's the hard part to me. Well, it, wait a minute though. You need to check out Christmas. I have it's a, easy. I have a version that I do. Uh, I mean, I've done lots of different types. I've done the kind, you know, where you like, you really use the heel of your hand, mm-hmm. really work the, you know, you, well, you can't overwork it, but, you know, get the, the flour and the butter to just, you know, sort of come together as a dough. And then, mm-hmm. but what I do, and I make pies constantly, especially this time of the year, is I just use my food processor. And, um, oh. you know, I get, 
Yeah, I, yeah, it's great. I I chill the, the butter and then I cube it and I get a little bit of shortening that I do the same thing for. And because uh, the butter, it's really important that the, you know, the fat is cold. Um, and then I just get my food processor. I put the flour in there and then um, a little bit of salt. And then, and then um, you know, you add the, the butter, that cold fat, and, and then you just pulse it until it becomes kind of like, like little pea, pea-shaped, uh-huh. you know, butter that's the and then just very careful, just anywhere from four to six tablespoons of water um, are, are added. And, you know, you're just continuing to pulse just until a ball forms. And it makes just the perfect, most amazing uh, pie crust. Now, do you have do you have um, a video of that on your website? Yes, yes, we do. Oh, good. Okay, so I'm doing this whole thing. I'm going to do the crust I am and the pecan yeah. pie for my Thanksgiving. And Yay! <laughs> I'm definitely going to yeah, do it. I and too. and what other what other recipe on your site do you think is like your number one Thanksgiving requested recipe? You know what's actually really funny is during the holidays we see a giant uptick on our cheese ball. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> we did a cheese ball. It's it's probably it's an early recipe that we did years ago, like four or five years ago, and. I mean, Google loves it. it. We rank like way up at the top. Like I think we're number one if you do classic cheese, cheese ball. Oh and my so, god! I mean, oh, no. <laughs> we have other, you know, other recipes that rank really well too. But during the holidays, it just skyrockets. It's just incredible. I'm always like, how many people are searching for for cheese ball? You know, <laughs> but I guess there's lots of people like good old classic cheese ball during during Thanksgiving. I am having a completely out of body like Saturday Night Live sweaty balls image right now going on. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're be Chris and Wesley's cheese balls. They're cute. Yeah. Oh, I bet they're God. gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> but we have. I mean, I love Thanksgiving so much, and so I, I try. To, I think I've got most of the classic. Side dishes and, and <coughs> turkey recipes on there. We, we're oh well, we're, where's the one that we just made? Yeah, we're I mean we're knee deep in doing it. We're, we're at that point where we're going back and revisiting a lot of our uh, recipes and then we're updating them with because not all of them we do everything that we do now we always include a video. So some of the older ones, um, you know, Wesley just continues to get better and better with his photography. So mm-hmm. it's fun. To, it's good for SEO, too, for us to go back and kind of spruce them up a little bit. So we're, we've are we been knee-deep in Thanksgiving. But yeah, we, we have a recipe that's public. Well, we're republishing it tomorrow. Um, it's called my gourmet green bean casserole. Mm. It, um, made, it's like your classic green bean casserole, but instead of using condensed canned soup, you know, we actually make a mushroom sauce that goes on top. And we oh, fry yeah. a little, instead of using the boxed fried onions, you know, we make our own little fried onions. And, and, and then the fresh green beans. Fresh obviously. green beans. And some nutmeg thrown in there. It's so good. It's, it oh sounds, gosh, it okay. sounds lovely. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was watching the um, roasted butternut squash soup the other night with the homemade croutons. Yeah, I, I want to serve that on Thanksgiving. You know, we don't have a soup very often in our Thanksgiving meal. And I would love to have that. I think that's I think, perfect. I think know, that's a great idea, and I think we're going to do that too. We're we're every, we moved back to Texas last summer, and so my family loves it for a multitude of reasons. But mostly, I think because they can come over and eat. <laughs> yeah, we cook for them. Yeah, Thanksgiving. There's so much food, and so I. It's the one time I don't do a lot of like appetizers and things. But that soup. Is perfect because it's 
you know, it's not heavy. It doesn't have heavy cream in it. It's just really, really yeah. delicious. And it, it is, is the perfect, yeah. perfect kind of lead into a good Thanksgiving feast. It's delicious. I feel like, you know, you do all this work for Thanksgiving and we're gathered. And as much as I try to slow it down, it turns into such a, it goes, but the meal goes by so fast. And so I thought if we had just a, a, a soup kind of portion of the meal, it might really slow it down. So either that or my family will kill me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. No, but you're right. Thanksgiving just kind of like flies by the day does. All right. Well, Wesley and Chris, thank you so much. And we're going to direct everybody, all of our listeners, to your fabulous recipes on your site. And they can watch it on YouTube, obviously. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, thanks for much. joining us today, guys. Sure, and such a pleasure. I had a wonderful time with you guys. Thanks. Bye, guys. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Oh, Christy, I loved our conversation with Chris and Wesley. I know. It was such a you – you had such a great idea to talk to them um, after finding the recipe on how to feed a loon. I got to say, I'm a fan now, and I'll be looking to their site for recipes in the future. Oh, yeah. I just printed out um, the, their fajita recipe last night. I'm making it tonight, Yum. actually. Um, but I will, I'll put a link on our website so um, all of our mysterious foodies can do the same. They really have a depth of recipes that are just great to look through. That's great. So now let's talk about The Last Widow by Karen Slaughter. Oh, what a good thriller. I know. I know. Another all-night read for me. Um, And and I got to tell you, though, (laughs) it's going to be hard to talk about this without giving too much away. We will not give out any spoilers. We're going to be really, really careful about that. But I agree with you. It's going to be hard. Kind of talking right. about it, not not through. Well, it first I'll, I'll yeah, I'll just start out talking about Karen Slaughter, and she okay. has published in thirty seven languages with more than thirty five million copies sold across the globe. Man. She has nineteen novels, which include the Grant County and Will Trent books, as well as the Edgar nominated Cop Town, and the instant New York Times best selling novels. Pretty Girls and The Good Daughter, and her most recent novel, which we're talking about today, The Last Widow, features Sarah Linton and Will Trent. She's a native of Georgia, Karen is, and she lives in Atlanta, and her novels Cop Town, The Good Daughter, and Pieces of Her are all in development for film and television. So, awesome. Awesome. Oh yeah, I can't. I I would subscribe to that channel, <laughs> whatever yes. whatever format they they come in. I would I love to see them. Yeah. And so this book, like I said, it's it is. Oh my gosh, I can just say that once you've read it, since we don't want to give spoilers here, but at your book club, you can talk about it because everybody supposedly have re- has read it when they show up to book right. club. There, you will not be short of conversation because. Uh, I mean, it starts out, you know, with a mysterious kidnapping. And so there you got talking about kidnappings. There's two kidnappings in the first two chapters. So you get to, you know, you can talk about that. Um, And the first kidnapping victim is a scientist from the Center for Disease Control. So Mm -hmm. you can just imagine where that one's going to go. I mean could be a pandemic, yeah. could be, you don't know, you know, but I'm telling you, you will have a lot to talk about. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah. And then there's an explosion, you know, right in the busy part of Atlanta where Emory University is, two major hospitals, FBI headquarters and the CDC. So then there's what's going on there. So they're following all kinds of things like that. They've got all these, you know, the, and then um, the medical examiner, Sarah Linton, is one of the main characters and her partner, Will Trent. He's the um, GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigation mm-hmm. investigator. Um, they get involved because they happen to be right there when the explosions happen. And, um, and then Sarah gets abducted. She's one of the two um, kidnappings that I was talking about. So, um, you know, they've got, he's got to try to save his love and save the country. And, and there's just, yeah. And you know, don't, didn't you think the kind of subplot about their relationship was really um, layered really well? Yes. I mean, I just thought the, yeah, I thought that was really fun. Too. Yeah, she is really good at character character development too, which is, you know is understandable because if you're going to be that successful, you've got to have some really good characters and um, and a way to yeah nineteen yeah yeah so she's I mean she is a she is really a force. I mean, I think Karen Slaughter is. Mm-hmm. I mean. One of the, what, top five uh, thriller writers working yeah. right now. I mean, she's just she's yeah. just a machine. She is, you know, constantly putting out new works, and they're just one is better than the next. And- I know. And it's so involved. And, like, if you go on her website, honestly, she has, and she even says, you know, spoiler alert, but you can click on a link, and it will have the research behind this book. And it's a full page. It's, like, podcasts, websites, books that she you know that all talk about the subject matters because I mean it goes into a lot of really current events I mean I think my nonfiction friends that only like nonfiction would enjoy reading something Mm -hmm. like this too because it feels like it's so current and real you know yeah you know it, it kind of the way it opens and it's just down to the minute and it's different points of view it kind of feels almost like a newsreel don't you think mm-hmm. those first opening chapters mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. the explosions are happening and it's just it feels like it's literally ripped from the headlines and you know what we we should have done because we were in atlanta just a few weeks ago we should have we should have gone to like some of the sites because <laughs> they were probably right close to where we were we could have even gone oh, you know yeah. this the cdc actually has a museum right there oh really we could have gone to the cdc museum maybe gotten we some ideas for our you know our own like uh you know i like a museum things. anyway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i know i know we should have done that mm-hmm. i just i didn't research it ahead of time so i should have but next time next, next time, time. <laughs> yeah. writer's perspective, perspective. This week, we want to talk about pacing in our writer's perspective. It's something that's so important in all books, but really, um, really vital in thriller writing. Yes. Yeah. And and like we were saying, Karen Slaughter, she's a master at it. Um, so this is a great day for us to be talking about pacing. And also, mm-hmm. like you said, in thrillers, it's really important to keep the readers turning the pages without getting bored by too much action or too much investigating or too much explaining, which is really hard to yeah. do, don't you think? I do, because, you know, one of the thing I, things I love, like we talked about with Karen's book, is that I love it when um, the writer goes deep into research and shares a new world that, you know, you don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. But you also can't just 
bog the reader down with too much research because it, it slows the pace down. And you mm-hmm. really want that kind of heartbeat page churning um, feeling. And so I think it's a real fine line to to walk right. for writers who are trying right. to do that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a like we we had looked into it. There's a few like different elements that people kind of say to help with pacing. And I think I think when I when I look through them, they're like action, cliffhanger, dialogue, word choice. I mean, like pacing seems like it's just you just have to feel it almost. If if you're doing everything else the best you can, it probably kind of flows. Like we know, don't talk too much about the research. I don't know. I guess I do automatically when I'm writing, I say, okay, I'm bored with this. Let's have some action going in my head. So <laughs> that's when the action starts again. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't yeah. have any conscious. Do you have like a conscious like technique you use to keep yourself paced? No. Um, yeah. I did learn two things. I'm just not an experienced writer enough to, to mm-hmm you know, kind of dig through my own experience. Right. But I will say when um, we, when we were at Thriller Fest last summer, I took two different sessions that talked about pacing. Mm-hmm. And one of them, um, the writer whose name I will include, but I cannot remember who it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about the importance of hanging questions. You know, with every chapter, you should be answering some questions that were already hanging, but then leaving new hanging questions. So, yeah, you're, that's so a the good reader's way to look always at it. wanting. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good way to look at it. Um, and then KJ Howe gave a presentation on pacing that was outstanding. Um, and mm-hmm. she had all kinds of techniques, um, even things like when you're in the middle of your action sequence, you know, what um, language to use when you want to slow it down just to mm-hmm. kind of um, not have it just fly by, you know, so the reader can kind of really put themselves in that space. Right. Um, or if you do want to pick up the pace, um, you know, the, just how she um, chooses her language. So she, it was really a, a, gr- a great session. KJ oh, and Allen. so that was Isn't at um, Craft, yeah. Craft Fest at Thriller Fest? It was. Which, yeah. yeah. I, I think I need that. I need a class like that because I, like I said, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really know the technique, so I'm like, eh, you know, get lucky maybe sometimes, but sometimes you don't, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and by the way, KJ Howe, she was on our Corks and Conversation last week, so if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to her because obviously she knows her stuff. Yeah, yeah. she does know her stuff, and she's got two um, thrillers out that we should, I, we really should talk about um, one of those, one of our upcoming episodes because they're, they're great. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kathy, it's time for us to be accountable. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Hey, guess what? What? It's November. It is November, Christy. Talk to me about your November. So by November was, is sort of NaNoWriMo month. And so I... <laughs> was is sort of (laughs) so I had you know okay so it's we're only a few days into November when we're recording this so I haven't fallen completely off the track but I'm not on a pace speaking of pacing that is going to give me 40 (laughs) 50,000 words this month unless you know I don't know one day I just go bananas and do 20,000 words or something but um oh my gosh 
I know, but I am really trying and I've gotten back into my work in progress. So I am trying and I'm making sure I'm writing every day, like 500 to 1000 words and fitting it in even, you know, even though I got other things going on, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to do this. And and I know from the past, it's going to start, you know, it snowballs a little bit, because once you get into it, and your mind starts thinking and thinking and thinking, then then you can get a few more words down each day just because you're in the role, you know, yeah. you're when on you're a roll, it. you know, you're in the zone. Yeah. yeah. So I'm proud of myself for that. So, so did, there you go. Good. So <laughs> did you actually sign up at NaNoWriMo.org? I did not. Well, you still can. I still can. And, I'm, and I may, you know, because I'm trying to keep accountable. It's just... Um, yeah. It's just, I did, I mean, honestly, when November 1st hit, it was kind of a surprise. I've had a, you know, <laughs> so I was like, oh, Hello, gosh. it's here. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I haven't gone back and done anything like sign up for anything yet. I'm just like, okay, well, at least I'm getting this done, so. But I will say that you're back into your work in progress, which is mm-hmm. far progress than you were at, so that's good. And I, you know, even if you don't achieve the, the, you know, the winning, I guess, of the 50,000 words that, that is suggested for NaNoWriMo. There's nothing wrong with big, giant goals and then coming closer than you were before. You know, right. I just, I think that's a, that's a wonderful um, step well, forward. thank you. <laughs> yes. So you're, you're farther along than you were, and I'm very happy for you. Oh, thank you. So how's it going up there besides the fact that you told me it was snowing today? It is snowing. Actually, I'm 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 uh, I record in a in a radio station, and I'm looking outside, and it's getting dark already towards the end of the afternoon, and it's snowing. I'm thinking, oh is it January or what is this month? But um, yeah, so things are good here. I um, before I came, the one thing I was doing is, so I had told you I was going to read my whole um, novel front to back because I was kind mm-hmm. of up to that point editing and reworking some things all and just skipping all over the place. And so now I, I got to read it all through sequentially and um, mostly out loud. And oh, that was really helpful. Yeah. So now I'm going through and um, doing another edit. And some chapters need little work, I'll happily announce, but some need a lot. <laughs> and so so I went and made a editing um, checklist because, you know, I like lists and I like to be organized. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, Christy would think I was nuts, but I, I needed a, I needed a checklist. So for each chapter, I've got my checklist. So oh. that's, and so I'm, I'm like, I, I, I'm yeah. picturing in my head, like, what is the editing checklist? Like, do you go through and say, check for adverbs or <laughs> <laughs> what does that um, mean? That is on the list. That is on the list, actually. I don't think I... I don't think I brought it with me. I should have brought it with me. Because that's how I found, like, each time it would be like, I'd have one really major flaw that I realized I was doing throughout. So I'd go through the whole thing for that, yeah. and then I'd find something else, and then I'd go through the whole thing for the next thing. One of the things I, I do remember I put at the top of the list is that I remember watching um, James Patterson's Masterclass. Remember we talked oh, yeah, about that? yeah, 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 yeah. And he talks about um, with every chapter, he said, you have to be there, you have to be there, you have to be in the scene, in the character's head. And I can hear him saying that. So that's kind of, so at the oh, beginning of each chapter, I want to, cool. you know, remind myself to be there and, and remind myself what the goal of the chapter is, right? To keep mm-hmm. things moving along and what the characters, 
needs to get accomplished and um i'll have to i'll have to look and send you the list but anyway okay, it's cool. it's lengthy and it's a spreadsheet and that makes me happy yeah <laughs> thanks so more editing that's where i'm yeah. at well i loved today's episode and i think the wine is I think it would be nice for desserts (laughs) on Thanksgiving. It is sweet, and it's sweeter than what I would normally care for. But I think for a Thanksgiving dessert, I can see it being really nice. Yes, I I can too. Like I said, it's sort of like an after-dinner wine, but it's not going to be as strong as, say, like a port or something. So So I'm enjoying it for tonight, and I will probably really enjoy it with a dessert at a book club. (laughs) very nice very nice and so um next week don't forget we've got part two of thriller fest corks and conversations yes have a listen because the author lineup is great yes thanks to our mysterious foodies out there for listening and sharing check out our website gameofbookspodcast.com where you can find links to all we talk about and if you subscribe to our weekly newsletter you can get those links sent directly to you along with any exciting updates. We are also on Facebook and Twitter under at GOB Writers. And if you enjoyed this episode as much as we did, we would love to hear from you. And please subscribe to Game of Books wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our book club ideas and quirks and conversations with award-winning and best-selling authors. That's all for today's episode of Game of Books Podcast, where we share food, wine, and mystery every Friday morning, just in time for the weekend. This is Christy and Kathy saying thanks for listening. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.